0: Mom told the little boy to wash his hands because he had germs on him. God and germs, God and germs. That's all mom talks about, and I've never seen neither one of them. <laughs> you may not see him this morning, but he here. Yeah. I said he here. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. How many of you know he's here? Praise God. Amen. It's so good to see you in the house of the Lord. Thank you so much. Thank you for the music, and we appreciate those that pinch-hitted, but they were good pinch-hitters, amen? So, so wonderful, amen. Brother Matt, we're so glad that you're finished with your, uh, 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 whatever you're finished with, uh, (laughs) your treatments. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) Praise God. Good to have you viewing online, thank you, and we appreciate, as I said, for each one being here. Today. My wife and I had a chance to go to Washington this past week and straighten things out up there. No, really and truly, we went to see the Museum of the Bible. And if you've never been, you need to go see it. Uh, put it on your bucket list because it is it is six stories of just amazing, amazing uh, interest about the Bible. And uh, you might want to spend more than a day. We spend a day, but we thoroughly enjoyed that. We need to understand something, and that is we need this Bible, not only in our hands, but in our hearts. Not only in our hearts, but in our schools. Not only in our schools, but in our homes. Back in 2007, Time Magazine asserted that the Bible has done more to shape literature, history, entertainment, and culture than any other book written. And you wonder why, why, why would they take it out of our schools? But more than that, we need to read it, amen? And we have a plan this year. and We're reading the Bible through. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. And most here or many here in the church are reading the Bible through this year. Read it. Get it in your head. Get it in your mind. Get it in your heart. Live it. There's nothing like the word of God. Amen. So let's turn to the word. Let's turn to the book of Acts and read Acts chapter 18, and if you do not have an outline, please raise your hand. I want everyone to have an outline. If you do not have an outline, they will get you one. And uh, we just uh, think it's so important that we read, not just hear, what thus saith the Lord. Acts 18, verses 24 through 28. Now a certain Jew named Apollos born in Alexandria. And eloqu- Notice the adjectives that describe this man. He was an eloquent man and mighty in the scriptures and he came to Ephesus. This man had been instructed in the way of the Lord and being fervent in spirit he spoke and taught accurately the things of the Lord, though he knew only the baptism of John. So he began to speak boldly in the synagogue. When Aquila and Priscilla heard him, they took him aside and explained to him the way of God more accurately. And I've titled this, The Way of the Lord more accurately. And I think you'll understand why I titled it this as we go along. Verse 27, And when he desired to cross to Achaia, the brethren wrote, exhorting the disciples to receive him. And when he arrived, he greatly helped those who had believed through grace. For he vigorously refuted the Jews publicly, showing from the scriptures that Jesus is the Christ. Amen. Amen. Read the introduction with me. In Corinth, Paul met a couple named Priscilla and Aquila. The three of them built tents together to earn a living. After about a year and a half, Paul, Priscilla, and Aquila traveled to the city of Ephesus together. Priscilla and Aquila stayed on in Ephesus to make Hints and tell people about Jesus while Paul returned to Antioch. A great teacher named Apollos, follow me now, came here to Ephesus. Priscilla and Aquila invited him to their house and explained to him the way of God more accurately. Apollos, this is what the word says, was grateful went on to Corinth where he continued to share the good news of Jesus Christ. Father, add your blessings to the reading of your word. Give us not only ears to hear, but hearts to understand. Let's notice first of all these two people. I could not help but think of Aquila and Priscilla, and I as I went through this study, I thought of several, several couples in our church that they could be. Their names could be put here. Because everywhere you see Aquila, his wife is mentioned with him. Aquila and Priscilla. Aquila was always linked with his wife. Their names, when you read the Bible, and several times their names are mentioned throughout the Acts and the Epistles. The Apostle Paul mentions them several times. How important they were. They were tent makers, and they gave the Apostle Paul a place to stay as he was establishing churches in that area. Not only did they give him a place to stay, but as I said, Paul, the Apostle, the great, great Apostle, acknowledged that he was deeply indebted to them for all their help in ministry. In fact, in Romans chapter 16, verses 3 and 4 speaks of them Paul writing greet Priscilla and Aquila verse 4 of Romans 16 who have for my life laid down their own necks in other words they were willing to give of themselves how many of us are willing to do that provide a home pr- provide a place to stay provide a meal Provide an encouraging word. Working together with your wife or working together, pulling together. There's there's strength in unity. And there is strength when the husband and the wife pull together, work together, pray together, love together. It's just powerful. These two people are very impressive when it comes to reading and studying the word of God. Not only Aquila and Priscilla, but the man, Apollos. Notice some things about him. He was mighty in the scriptures. Could, could, could that be said about you? Are you Do you not only read the scripture, but you study the word of God, and it becomes a foundation not only for your life, but for, but for others that you come in contact with? This man, Apollos, was mighty in scriptures. He was eloquent. That word means that he was learned. He was cultured, speaking of none other but Apollos. Not only was he eloquent, he was fervent in spirit. He was enthusiastic. Somebody say, wow! I love to see people enthused about serving God, excited. You know, if you can get excited over going... Uh, to uh, a theme park, you can get excited over serving God. If you can get excited over someone knocking a home run, you can get excited over serving God. We can get excited today over serving the Lord. Oh my, going to church again on Sunday morning. I could be out on the greens hitting a golf ball. No, we need to be excited about serving the Lord. Enthusiastic. Duh, we need to say, boy, let me tell you about Jesus. We need to be excited to tell people about the Lord Jesus Christ. We need to come in church with excitement. We need to come in church with enthusiasm. I'm here to worship the Lord. I didn't necessarily come asking Jesus for something. I just want him to just, just to love him, and he loved me. He not only was eloquent, he was fervent in spirit, but though, I underline that word though, though or but, he knew only the baptism of John. Priscilla and Aquila did not criticize him. They had something or they knew something or they had received something that Apollos had not received. They knew something about preaching the gospel. They knew what people needed. They they knew how to be more effective in the kingdom of God. Wouldn't you want that? If you were effective but you could be more effective, wouldn't you want that? I would. I'd want to be the best I could be for Jesus Christ. If you're going to be a husband, be the best husband you can be. If you're going to be a wife, be the best wife you can be. If you're going to be a church member, be the best church member you can be. If you're going to be an employee, be the best employee. We need to be the best that we can. And Apollos needed something. He needed something to make him a better minister of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. What was it? What was it? Well, let's think for just a moment. Let's, let's, let's look at this for just a moment. But let's also go over to another group of people. Let's look at the 12 disciples. No, not Peter, James, and John. Not the 12 disciples of Jerusalem. Not Jesus' chosen 12. But look at, let's look at 12 more disciples. we are call them the Ephesian 12. Is that okay? The Ephesians 12. Read with me, if you will. In fact, this follows right behind Acts 18 and goes right into Acts 19. Listen. And it happened while Apollos was at Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus. And finding some disciples... He said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So they said to him, We have not so much as heard, whether there is a Holy Spirit. And he said to them, Unto what then were you baptized? So they said into John's baptism. Now the same thing with Apollos. He knew only the baptism of John. Here in these 12 Ephesian disciples knew only the baptism of John, both of them. It's important that we understand, first of all, what the baptism of John was. And we'll get into that in just a moment, unto the baptism of John. Then Paul said, John indeed baptized with a baptism of repentance, it explains it, and this whole thing is explained so well, and so many people today miss it. Amen. So many churches today miss it under the baptism of John, and And he says, indeed, baptized with a baptism of repentance, sin to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. Notice verse 5 of chapter 19. Then they heard this, I'm sorry, when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. The only recording, the only time, that it's recorded in the Bible that the people were rebaptized in water. Then they were baptized. When they heard this, they were baptized in oh, Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Now the men were about 12 in all. That's a wow. That's a wow. Both Apollos, both the twelve, knew only the baptism of of John the Baptist. Notice what the baptism was, John's baptism, if you will. Look at Roman numeral number four. First of all, it was baptism in water. We have a baptismal pool here. We baptize baptismal candidates and we believe in water baptism amen water baptism doesn't save you it's just a sign of your acceptance of jesus christ and that you have a relationship with jesus christ not only baptism in water but baptism of repentance for the remission of sins they were disciples Now, some people say, oh, they weren't, weren't saved. Follow me now. Stay plugged in. Listen. And then you can take this home and read it for yourself. And you can find out, is this preacher leading us astray? Is he saying things that's not for us today? These people were disciples. I do not believe Luke, the physician, would have called them disciples if they were not disciples if they did not know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. In fact, the Bible says in verse 2, they believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. Covers the whole gambit. Apollos was a believer. The 12 were believers. But they only knew the baptism of John, which was the baptism of repentance for the what? The remission of sins. The remission of sins. So they were baptized Christians whose knowledge of the Holy Spirit. Look back at Roman numeral number three. Let's say it again. They, were, they, they are baptized Christians whose knowledge about the Holy Spirit is defective. I believe there are a lot of people that their knowledge of Jesus Christ is, and about the, the kingdom of God and the plan of God is defective. Notice what it says. These disciples had only be, been baptized in John's baptism or into John's baptism. Look at number three, it's a great explanation. Of what's going on here. Number three. Under number three. It is indicated that their conversion experience was accompanied by the knowledge that a fuller experience with the Holy Spirit would come. Pastor, you believe all of that? Well, hold on just a moment. Stay with me just a moment. Look at Matthew chapter 3 and Matthew and verse 11 with me. Indeed, and this is, this is John the Baptist. Indeed, John said, I baptize you with water unto, or for, that word there, for repentance. But he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. He will baptize. You, hallelujah. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. You know what that Greek word means? There, baptized. He will plunge. Woo, hallelujah! Just like you're baptized in water, you're baptized into the Holy Spirit. You're, you say, but pastor, pastor. Wake up. We receive the Holy Spirit when we're born again. Students, you're right. Give yourself an A. You do receive the Holy Spirit when you're born again. But something else happens subsequent to a person's born again experience. Amen? Whoa, <laughs> it does. It is absolutely wonderful to know. The Paul leads these twelve into a fuller experience with the Holy Spirit. They receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit with fire. With fire. How long has it been since we have experienced? That plunging experience, plunging experience. Now, preacher, what are you talking about? Well, let me read some scripture, and I might get a little head head of the one that's doing this. Well, now I can back up Acts 1 and 5. For John, truly, Jesus, here he goes, Acts 1 and 5. For John truly baptized with water, but you, who is he talking to? He's talking to his disciples. He's about to be going, uh, transformed back to heaven. But you shall be baptized of the Holy Spirit not many days from now. That is the baptismal experience. That is Pentecost. Wow, that is Pentecost. And then the Bible says, and these signs shall follow those who believe. In my name they will And we heard this earlier, earlier. they shall cast out demons and they will speak with new tongues. They shall heal the sick and they shall raise the dead. And that's talking about, I believe, more than anything else. It could be physical, but I believe it's the spiritual dead. How many of you know there's a lot of spiritual dead people today that needs to be raised from? And the only way they can be raised is through and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Through and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, here is something you know. The Bible speaks of the salvation experience as being like a well, spring up a oh well. It's like a and it's scriptural, like a well. But then we turn over to John, chapter seven, verses thirty-seven through 39. This is not something I I just picked up in the office and wanted to tell you folks about. This is God's word. Chapter 7 verse 37, 38 and 39. On the last day that great day of the feast, Jesus, you going to listen to him? I'm not going to listen to that preacher. i to listen to Jesus. Jesus stood and cried out saying, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will what? Flow. Have you had the flow in spirit lately? Have you experienced the flow? There's something about it. it goes from a well to a, a flow. It shall flow rivers. Somebody say amen. Rivers. Say that. Rivers rivers of living water but this he spoke concerning now he doesn't leave us in the dark he doesn't leave us hanging Someone says I wouldn't explain it well let's hang on here we go but this he spoke concerning the spirit whom those believing in him will receive for the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified pastor would you explain all that to me okay hang on First of all, when we come to Jesus Christ, we must come by the drawing of the Holy Spirit. He must woo us. He must draw us. That's the only way we can be saved. Then when we receive Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, he's alive today. He's the third person of the Godhead. He comes on the inside. Okay? Okay? But then there is an experience that is subsequent to that experience of receiving the Spirit on the inside. What is it, Pastor Don? It is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's being emerged into him. You see, when we receive the Spirit of God, he comes in. When we are baptized, he flows out. And that's what the church needs today. There are a lot of people that need help. There are a lot of people that are bound. And we need to have the Spirit of God to quicken us, to reveal to us how to reach out and touch these people. The overflowing of the Holy Spirit is still available today. Somebody say amen. The Holy Spirit is still available today. Many Christian people are ignorant of the special glory God has for them and are content to live without seeking for themselves all that Pentecost means. F. B. Meyer, he's a great writer, but that's what he says. And I believe that and how important it is. Paul, the, the Spirit's fullness is displayed by their speaking in tongues and prophesying. Pastor, you've used two examples this morning. You used the example of Apollos. And it says that he just knew the baptism of John. Aquila and Priscilla took him aside and showed him more, the way more Accurately, so it didn't say what they they did. Now you've used Ephesians, and I'm not too sure that that is any more clear. Well, hang on, stay with me. Now I didn't give them this scripture, but it's here, and I am reading from the King James version. I wanted to make sure everybody, Amen. I'm not making fun. I'm just having a little fun. <clears throat> uh, I'm going to read something that's very good to us. This, now, this is very clear. Uh, it's it's Acts chapter 8. Now, you remember when they the church was being persecuted and how they were scattered about? I mean, believers went everywhere, everywhere, preaching the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Then Philip, now Philip, this Philip, is not an apostle. He goes down to the city of Samaria and preached what? Christ unto them. Okay? And the people with one accord gave heed unto those things which Philip spake, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits crying with loud voices came out of many that that were possessed with them and many taken with palsy and that were lame were healed and there was great joy in that city. There was a revival. Philip goes down to Samaria. He preaches the word. He tells them about Jesus Christ. They accept what he believed. Now you can't, you, you can't say that any different. They were saved. They were born again. They accepted the truth about the Lord Jesus Christ. But when they believed, Philip, Philip preaching, the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. So they not only believed they not, I don't believe Philip would have baptized them and the next day accepted Jesus Christ. I don't think he would have, uh, uh, you know, put a bunch of sinners under the water. No. Now, when the apostles, this is verse 14 of Acts chapter 8. Now, when the apostles which were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, received it, received it, received it, the word of God, they sent unto them Peter and John who when they were come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. Here it says Holy Ghost. There's no difference. If it says Holy Ghost, if it says Holy Spirit, if it says Holy Ghost, if it says Holy Spirit, it's the very same thing. For as yet he was fallen upon none of them, only they were baptized, here it is, in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then verse 17 then lay there, both of them, Paul, I mean, I mean, Peter and John, hands on them, and they receive the Holy Ghost. I told you. You don't accept the, the example of Apollos? You don't accept the example of the 12 Ephesians, Ephesians disciples? Here it is. Plain as the nose on my face, and that is pretty plain. I just believe that we need to understand something. God expects the church today. We're living in the last days. Let me say it again. Folks, we are living in the last days. And the only way, That the church, and I'm I'm going to put Bethel there, and the church as a whole. But the only way that this church, and you and I as believers and kingdom workers, the only way that we can be successful and see what I believe that God wants to see in these latter days. Brother Don, are we going to have revival? I don't know. I believe we are. But it's going to take the church. It's going to take you and I, you and me, us paying the price to go before God, willing to fast and pray if it takes that. I know it's going to take prayer. Whatever it takes, it's going to have to happen in order to see the church successful. God's call, listen, God's calling us. You may be an Aquila or a Priscilla. You may be just a couple. You work 40 hours a week. You have children and grandchildren or maybe children. You say, Brother Don, I'm doing everything I know to do. Are we? Are, are, are we going to go that extra mile? Are we going to do? Listen what someone says. Christ. Possessive. Christ's intent is to build a prevailing force penetrating and overcoming evil's dominion with a holy spirit (coughs) filled God help me people (coughs) to whom He entrusts spiritual dynamics for ministry. That's Jack Hayford. Does your life, I'm going to ask you a question. Does your life evidence the fullness of the Spirit? You have believed in Christ. There's probably not many of us here, if any, that have not believed in Christ, accepted Him through the ministry of the Holy Spirit. But did you at any, at that or any other subsequent moment, receive the infilling An unction of the Pentecostal experience. Bow your heads for just a moment, if you will. Father, Lord, this is so plain. And Father, I've done my best to speak what you've called me to speak today. Lord, it's not something for me to just to come and here, close my Bible, go enjoy my meal, and that's good, and then forget all about it. It's, it's for all of us to be effective. God, I pray That you would rivet this in our hearts. Speak this through your Spirit. May we expect and receive the unction of the Holy Spirit. Help us not to go just so far and then stop. Can we sing, Holy Spirit, Thou welcome in this place? Because I'll tell you, His Spirit is here. His Spirit is here. And I want us all, I want You, I want You to welcome Him. Say, Lord, not only are You welcome in this sanctuary, You're welcome in my heart. God, You're welcome to feel every nook and corner of my life. Tell Him today.